Hello and welcome to another opportunity God gives us to look into His Word together. We pray that our ministry is helping you to get closer to the Lord and to understand more clearly His ways. And as always, if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to reach out to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We would be happy to help. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Please look for us in the Apple iTunes Store as The Latter Rain Ministries under Podcast to subscribe. We pray that this new service will help make it easier to stay in tune with us as you listen to what the Lord shares through our ministry. And now, as part of today's look into His Word, we'll be briefly looking through Proverbs chapter 21. We'll pick through just a couple of verses that touch upon different things and expand as the Lord leads in particular those verses that should be of supreme importance for every Christian today. I do need to urge you, and as time continues progressing, that we need to be aware that we are living in the last times, and that our walk with Christ cannot continue being business as usual per se. We'll continue seeing things that point out the inevitable, that the Lord is coming, and as part of that process, the world will experience such things that it has never experienced before. And if you are not ready, you will fall away, absorbed by the wave of this world and form part of the spiritual blindness that has overtaken much of the universal church of Christ, because as a group, we are surely blind. To those of you that still have open ears, listen to the Lord's warning. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly who will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let us now go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to guide us, to help us understand as clearly as possible what He has for us today and to do whatever He says we should be doing. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. As always, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation that we find through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you please forgive my sins. Please, Heavenly Father, for they are always before you. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may always help me in your grace and in your mercy. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord God, that you may please just guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand clearly your word. Help us to always have open hearts and open minds to you, that your will may be done in our lives. And to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 21, and this is what we read. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. The violence of the wicked will destroy them because they will refuse to do justice. 
The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. The righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. A gift in secret pacifies anger, and a bribe behind the back strong wrath. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. There is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. As part of today's look into his word, we will mainly look at two verses today. But these two verses will open up a broader discussion that I hope will raise a higher level of awareness to what our heart should be set to and what we should really be doing. The first verse we will look at is verse 2, where it says again, Every way of a man is right in his eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. It is part of human tendency to think that what we do is always the right thing. It is rare for us to criticize our own shortcomings and mistakes. If we are honest, we should be able to admit that we are more inclined to defend our wrong actions and that we even try to find justification for our sins. That's what that first part means, that every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But we are given an immediate warning, a but is delivered right away, that we need to always remember that the Lord weighs the hearts. This is a very deep message all within itself because it even goes beyond actions, beyond words. It dives deep into the most inner being of a person. And that is what the Lord is looking at, what He is truly interested in. In various parts of the scriptures, we are taught that our words may not necessarily mean very much and that doing the right things for the wrong reasons are determined solely by what is in our hearts. The first place we can see where it talks about doing the right things for the right reasons is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, where it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, 
and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Some folks, those that think that do spiritual things, like speaking in tongues of men and angels, think that doing these things demonstrates that their relationship with God is right or in the right place, where in fact the opposite may be true. They may seem all spiritual and great outside, but inside, if they don't have God's love, if they are not doing the right things for the right reasons, it is all worthless according to the Lord Himself. We continue seeing in this passage that people can prophesy or preach and understand all biblical mysteries and knowledge and have great faith, but do these things without love. And of course, without love, these things also mean nothing to God. It further states that there are people that can do great acts of what seem like love and kindness to others, but yet without any love for Christ in their hearts. As we have stated many times in the past, our love, the reason, the why for our action should always be because we love God and nothing else. In order for things to have any value before the Lord, the motivation, the reason for why we do everything should be the Lord Himself. He should always be our why. If we speak in human or angelic tongues, it should be for Him. If we prophesy and preach and are able to understand and help reveal the mysteries and knowledge of God, it should be because we love Him. If we have mountain-moving faith, it should be because of Him. And of course, if we feed the poor, if we sacrifice our own bodies for the good of our neighbor, it should be done because we love the Lord. For the first and greatest commandment of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And this passage continues expanding what we should do with this love that we have for the Lord. For it is also written, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We are to love the Lord with everything we are. We are to teach everyone around us to love the Lord and we are to remind ourselves all the time to love Him. The Lord needs to be the source and the reason for why we do things. There's another part of the scriptures where Jesus himself warned about doing the right things for the wrong reasons. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There will be people who stand before God's throne that will say these things. And these things will be true. There are people who preach in God's name, who cast out demons in God's name, and who even do wonders in His name. And these things will mean nothing to God because it was all done for the wrong reason. God was not the why in their hearts. How can this be? 
The answer we find in the Bible regarding being able to do these things, yet while having the wrong heart before the Lord, can be understood and that His name has power all within itself. We see in John chapter 18, where we find the account of Jesus' arrest, that something happened when He mentioned His name. This is what we read. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So, just by the mere fact of Jesus mentioning his name, the I am, they all drew back and fell to the ground. So you see, the power rests on the name of the Lord within itself. So when a person, even someone who has yet to experience God's grace, mentions or does something in the name of the Lord, things happen. But that does not necessarily mean that a person that does them is right before God. And here is where we close the loop on this verse, where the Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah, the following, in chapter 17, verse 9 to 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. That's why if we go back to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2, that verse says, but the Lord weighs the hearts. The Lord is after what is deep inside every person. That is what He cares about and what He will use to judge all of our actions by, for better or for worse. Now if we slide to verse 3, we read this again. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. What is the righteousness and justice that God looks for? Does this mean that morals come into play or doing religious things? No. The prophet Isaiah relates even more exactly what God is after. And of course, as we stated before, that He, meaning the Lord, has to be the reason for why we do these things. Isaiah 58 says this, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He shall say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. You shall be a, like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is God's true will. That's why it is not necessarily about doing religious things or things that we think that are right. That's why we cannot allow ourselves to be guided by our own opinions. We must go by what the Lord teaches us to do and do those things for the simple fact that we just love Him, that we love the Lord. We really need to understand what is the true will of God if we want to please Him, if we want to attain what He desires to give us, the reason why He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross. We need to understand that we need to learn to love Him and that this love we learn to have for Him becomes the reason for why we do those things He teaches us to do, not to be religious or for our own glory, but as a response to what He has already done for us and what He intends to continue doing and will do in eternity for those of us who love Him and await for His return. Jesus needs to be the reason for our existence. And so then, and only then, will everything we read in the Word will truly make sense to us. Following Christ is not a religion or a way of life, it is a personal and intimate love relationship with the Almighty God of the universe, the one who was, who is, and is to come. Make today the day that the Lord becomes the focus of your life, for your own good and for the good of others. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Thank you again for the salvation that we find through Jesus Christ. Lord, you have done so much for us. You created us, you made us, you gave, you give us life each and every day. We live, we breathe, we see, we move, we think. Our hearts beat 
because you will it. And on top of that, Lord God, and despite being sinners, you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, the innocent, the guiltless, to pay for the guilty. You gave your only begotten Son to die for us on the cross, to shed his blood, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that our sins can be washed away. Lord, you have done so much for us. Help us to understand that. Help us, O oh Lord, to appreciate that, to treasure it, Lord God, to treat it as precious as it is. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that you need to be the focus of our lives. Jesus Christ needs to be the reason for why we live. And Heavenly Father, that when we do that, everything else will fall into place. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand what we need to understand and to do what we need to do for the right reasons. Help us, O oh Lord, to bring honor and glory to your name through the way that we live our lives. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks again for your love and for your grace and for your mercy. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person that is listening. I pray, Lord God, that if there are those that are listening that have yet to come to you, that have yet to make that decision for you, that they may make it, that they may understand your love, your sacrifice, and your desire to make them new, to make their lives new, to give them a beginning, a new beginning, a new start, eternal life. And Heavenly Father, if there are those that are listening that have strayed away, I pray, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that you may help them to draw near again and to find grace and mercy in you and that you desire to still do great things in their lives no matter what has happened. For your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you again for your love and for your grace. Thank you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.